Justice for the shot. He scores! The shot! He scores! He scores! Keith Primo! There you go, They score! Ivan Komarov! His first NHL tally! The Flyers win the Stanley Cup! You're listening to Getting Bully, the podcast by Flyers fans for Flyers fans. With your host, Mark Giano. Now let's get started. Welcome in, everybody. This is Getting Bullied, podcast partner of FilliasFlyers.com. And we're featured on the HockeyWriters.com. Check us out on SoundCloud. Check us out on iTunes. I'm your host, Mark Giano. Today I'm joined by from FilliasFlyers.com. Danny Charlton. Danny, what's up? Uh, Nothing much, Mark. How has it been going for you? Pretty well, pretty well. So, obviously, and I I, I feel like I'm saying this every week now, how how much of a dead time we're in when it comes to the summer months right now, but we are. And so I was racking my brain, what could we talk about this week? What could we talk about? And then it dawned on me. We should call this episode the Great Couturier Debate, and that's what it is. I think the most questioned flyer, you're either, you either love him, you either hate him, and that's Sean Couturier. So I figure today we'll break him down and, uh, you know, hash out our differences when it comes to uh, what everyone's saying, and it is what it is, the, uh, the new number two center of the flyers going into this season. Sean Couturier is definitely the most... Uh debated flyer on the roster like you have you have obviously got the trade jury people but then you have the strong three yeah everyone's either saying you know second line center other people are saying he's absolute garbage and then it's just he can't score sometimes he's scoring it's just like it's just about consistency i'm not i'm not in the camp of he's absolute garbage because i don't think he is you know i think he has obviously he has value to this team um but, and that's being a shutdown center. That's not being uh, what I think a lot of people and what the Flyers have kept trying to tell everybody. He's not this top end scorer that they thought they drafted eighth overall in 2011. He is a very good defensive forward. He's not, to me, the numbers don't add up to number two center on the Flyers or any other team. But, he is going to be their number two center basically by default because when you look at the center breakdown, obviously Giroux's number one. He's not getting bumped off anytime soon. Um, Valtteri Filippola maybe, but probably not. He's on the downside of his career. You know, his numbers really have declined. And then uh, obviously Nolan Patrick, everyone everyone assumes he's going to make the team. And are you really going to put, you know, the rookie as your uh, number two center? Most likely not. So by default, it's Sean Couturier, for better or worse. So I mean, the I, way I view Sean Couturier at this time, because he's still he's still young. That's thing, because we because he's been here since he's eighteen. It feels like he's been here forever. Yeah. I mean, he's probably not going to get that much more of a scoring touch, but I think there's still a little bit more he can push out. But he's still pretty young, and like right now, I view him as a very high end third line center to a low end second line center. He might be able to jump up to like an average second line center, but 
you know, overall, like you're right, by default, he will be the second line center on this team. But I don't really think that we're going to have numbered lines per se next year. Because right. you're looking at the center court, you have like four, you're going to have four solid centers no matter what down the lineup. Because then you have Giroux, Couturier, Patrick, because he's 95% going to make the team, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. And then you have Filipula, Latera, Lawton, and Vecchioni for the last two centers, or last three centers, but one center spot. I don't know what I'm saying. Well, Latera most likely will be switched to uh to the wing. So that clears up one spot. Yeah. And yeah, I mean, we obviously both agree that Patrick's going to make it. So it's really all going to, I mean, I guess the only, the only real decision that the Flyers and Dave Axel have to make is where do you put Patrick? Are you going to put him on the third line or are you going to put him on the fourth line? Because I don't think he's obviously not going to be ready for second line minutes. You're going to try to bring him along slowly. And that's what Dave Axel is best at is just wasting talent on the roster. Um, so Press box squad. <laughs> so it, it really, it all comes down to who's going to take that third line spot because whoever doesn't is going to get dropped down. But Couture, I mean, your your top two lines, if that's how you want to look at it, if you want to look at numbered lines, your top two lines are set as far as center goes. So it, it, the only question, the only debate, the only uncertainty going into this season who's going to who's going to be that third line center who's going to get those third line minutes and then you know the other guy out will be you know he'll be down to the fourth line but so I really it's probably you're looking at I mean Lawton probably will make probably Lawton will probably go to the wing as well so I really think it's a matter of Filpola Vecchioni and uh the hell's his name Patrick that you're really looking for those last two spots and then I mean Vecchioni with uh, going against those two is probably going to be the one man out but yeah yeah I think I think Vecchioni is definitely like the odd man out this year because I mean I think Lawton's ahead of him because you know he's got protected he's got signed to a two-year deal he's not able to go through waivers anymore so he's either on the team or he's not there's no like like you can't just call up Lawton and send him back down like he did last year for like those two games. Yeah, it just can't happen again. Right. I mean, I I think Lawton's going to be on a short leash. That that's how I look at it. I mean, I know they're pretty high on him. Obviously, they protected him, stuff like that. But I think if like in the first month he's not doing what they thought he was going to do, chances are that he gets bumped from the lineup pretty quick, and then. I guess at that point they'll just put in whoever's hot at the time or who you know down with the phantoms or whoever it's going to work whoever their whoever their you know uh game you know their their scratch is going to be will jump in whatever spot he has but let me ask you this bringing it back to Couturier the focal point of this entire episode what is your stance on this guy I mean obviously you know he he he's the product of the uh those great trades in the summer of 2011 when we when the Flyers rather shipped off uh Mike Richards and Jeff Carter he was part of the Carter deal and that returned uh Voracek and that first round pick which turned out to be him eighth overall what do you think of this guy I mean personally I'm a huge Sean Gattieri supporter because uh first I'm gonna talk about his defense side he's he's phenomenal defensive forward that there's no question about that. The other thing that he brings that, you know, 
I'm going to reference Shen real quick. He brings 5-on-5 scoring, and not only does he do that, he makes other people better at 5-on-5. Because you look at last year, the last kind of stretch of games, him, Shen, and Weiss were were just dominant. Like, they were dominating games. He made Shen effective at 5-on-5. But, you know, before Noah, now he's a St. Louis Blue. But him and Shen have always been good together. That's another thing, too. They've always had good chemistry. And... Let me find the thing here. He actually led the NHL in points from that 17-game stretch. Or not 17, 20-game stretch. He had 17 points, 5 goals, 12 assists. And that was tops in the NHL over that juncture, over that stretch time. See, I mean, obviously, you and you brought up Shen. And that's another hot-button issue, but that's long past, I think, at this point. Yeah. And no <laughs> you, you almost have to, you have to bring Shen to the conversation because he... Couturier is, is replacing Shen essentially in the lineup at that top six spot. That's you know th- that move was made, and now Couturier makes that jump from you know your bottom six forward to a top six forward. So you have to look at those numbers. And the fact of the matter is, if you're going to compare the numbers between the two of them, and I know that, I mean the minutes probably aren't really there too much for Couturier like they were for Shen, but I mean Shen's numbers are you know they're not elite by any means but they're solid enough for a second line guy I mean he gave you what you needed maybe not so much five on five but the point production was there from a guy that you know they were paying to produce those points so now Couturier has to step in and this is a guy that's never had a 20 goal season he's never had a 40 goal or 40 point season and now you're asking him to jump in and that's something that he's going to have to do pretty consistently to make up for that scoring I mean, personally, I think Couturier can hit 40 points if he stays healthy. This has the, been the problem with him. Because I think he could have hit it two years ago. He could have hit it last year if he was healthy. Because last year he had the knee injury. And he went on record, I'm pretty sure, saying that it held him back for a little bit. And then towards the end of the season, he got back into his groove, which you saw with the final hot stretch. So, mm-hmm. I mean, I think he can like replace some of those points. But I think it's going to be a group effort to replace most of Shen's scoring because... I don't think Katuri's going to be bumped as a power play one because his power play scoring is atrocious. Yeah, it's uh, it's non-existent, if you ask basically. Anyone, yeah, it's non-existent. There's nothing there to to defend that for that one. He had but, no power play goals last year. None. One <laughs> assist. One assist. I'm sorry. Two assists on the power play. Mr. Clutch. But, uh... Yeah. But, I mean, power play two's always been bad the past couple of years. I mean, well, it's it, because it it's being centered weird. by a guy like him. Yeah, because he does. He's like unsure of what to do. It looks like that sometimes there, because he gets he gets jumped around in the power play a lot. Because you saw him, he used to play the left hand boards, and then he used to play right around the net, and you put him in front of the net, and like he's not getting a consistent spot too, which mm-hmm. might be part of the issue. I don't really think it's that big of a deal for him. I mean, personally, I think he should be in front of the net, and then you put Konechny on the left hand boards. That should have been the done deal. But I but, wonder if I he mean, has, I, think, I wonder if he has enough net front presence to be, you know, posted up right there. I mean, because when you're down there, you're, you know, you're expected to get those goals, much like Shen used to get. You know, the the shot comes from the point. It's a rebound. You know, you got to have the wherewithal to fight off the, fight off the defender and still be looking for the puck to bang at home. So, I mean, I, I don't know, I don't know if he has enough offensive awareness as a whole to do that. That's not. I mean, I I haven't seen 
skill like that from him. You know, he's more of a guy to me that does most of his scoring from in front of the net, like from the circle out or just around the circle, not so much down near the crease. Yeah, I mean, I I can see. I think he's definitely way more of a playmaker than he is a finisher. Uh, there's, I mean, he's a he's a good he's a great passer. There's also that he's a great passer. Mm-hmm. But I think that if I I was watching I was rewatching some of the highlights. I mean, he did score. He's been okay in front of the net, at, but obviously most of them aren't even strike. But he's been okay there. I mean, again, I don't really think that. I just think it's because he's bigger. Than most of the guys in power play two because you're looking at Konechny, Wheel, then you have Couturier. Now, obviously, you're not going to throw Ivan Provorov in front of the net because you know he's a defenseman. But I mean, maybe you put Nolan Patrick in power play two, and you can put him in front of the net. I don't see why you wouldn't. Nope. I mean, that's Nolan Patrick is very good at that. I mean, I would definitely yeah, consider but- that. I don't know if Hackstall is going to want to give those, you know, give that type of responsibility to the kid because I mean, this guy's. Nolan Patrick's having a hard time skating in the offseason. I know it's early. I'm not making that an issue, but, you know, I I think for at least the start of the season, Couturier is going to be that guy. I mean, I, I was thinking, like, Nolan Patrick's eventually going to be able to try to play one, but in my mind, the guy's going to start up there is probably going to be connecting your wheel. Right. Because, I mean, I, I don't know. I just feel like it's going to be wheel there, mostly. Because wheel... Was pretty good, like more well, pretty, pretty good. He was really good last year in a stretch of games, right around the net. He was looked pretty good. Yeah, I have uh, in front of me here Sean Couturier's career power play point total. Um, he has three goals in his oh. career on the power play. None let his. Season his career high in power play goals was fifteen sixteen. He had two the year before he had one. So he had two of his three power play goals two years ago. Correct. And Uh-oh. he's got twenty Coots. twenty assists all time in his career. He has more shorthanded goals than he does uh power play goals, but that's probably because he's always on the, uh, on, the on the penalty kill. Yeah, he's always on the A first lot. penalty kill. So I don't know how much you look into that. Um but to me with Shen leaving or being traded, something has to be done to supplement those you know, his great power play numbers that he put up especially last year. And I don't know where that's going to come from as far as, first of all, I don't know who's going to replace him on the first line of the power play, let alone the second. Now, that's the biggest issue. Couture is not making the jump to the second, to the first line. There's just no way if that happens, then uh, cities have to burn if that goes down, but I don't think it's going to. So it doesn't well, matter. Well, the other thing we're forgetting, we're forgetting Oscar Lindblom. You know what? We are. So that's, we are forgetting Oscar Lindblom. So right. Lindblom might be that guy there. Most likely. I was just, like, I would just forget so much about these young guys because I haven't actually seen them play yet. I'm just, like, running through the lineup of guys that were there last year, and he, you're right, he slipped my mind. But So that's probably where that comes from. But it's a good catch by you. I mean, I almost completely forgot him, too. I just remembered him. <laughs> <laughs> so I, um, I took the time, a lot of time, actually, to look up 
the stat the numbers from last year of the uh of every number 2 center in the league not on the flyers and these are these are the players that are going to be the number that are listed right now as the number 2 center on their respective team so going into the 2017-18 season these are um these were the guys listed as the number 2 center and i don't remember what website i pulled this from but it wasn't a blog i'll promise you that um looking over it 26 players on this list and the ice times are pretty close except for you know some of the guys like Malkin and stuff like that that are yeah practically out there that's the shift too. Malkin um, yeah he's not soft <laughs> yeah guys like that who are basically out there you know the only guy out there more than them is the goalie but 26 players on this list of the 30 other second-line centers. 26 of them had more goals than Couturier, 24 had more assists, and 24 had more points. So these are the guys that he has to compete with at his position, and he doesn't add up as far as I'm concerned. As far as the numbers are concerned, these are numbers. This is fact. And he was, Yeah, that doesn't really sound like a ringing endorsement <laughs> when no, you hear that. And he was... Second in a time on ice among centers with the Flyers per game. Time on ice per game. He was second on the team uh, as far as centers. So he even put up more time on ice by like a minute and a half than Braden Shen. Played less games. I'll give him that. But that could be another issue. The last couple seasons, he's played a little over 60 games. So is that a trend that continues, or is that something that you know it was just two fluky things that happened to him? But as I far mean, as if you if you want to stack him up against the other top six centers, as far uh, you know on their respective teams from the rest of the league, his numbers just aren't there. He's never had more than forty points. I said that. Never had more than twenty goals. Never had more than thirty assists. And I'm hearing people saying that they think 50 to 55 points is realistic for him, and I don't understand how. I don't understand where you would get that idea from because he's never done it before. He's never even come close. The most points he's ever had is 39. So where is he going to go from 39 to 55? Well, I mean, I think that would all depend on who he plays with, too. Because, you know, if you're throwing him out there with Matt Reed and Dale Weiss for a season, he's obviously not going to break 40 points. Well, yeah. But if you're throwing him out there with, you know, Konechny and Voracek, he might break 50 points because Konechny is going to have a better year this year. That's without question, I think. Oh, yeah. Jake Voracek he's probably going to get used better. Back. Well, bounce back in quote. I mean, he led the team points last year. But, you know, Voracek and Drew are hopefully going to have better years. And I, I think everyone as a whole is going to be healthier. The team's going to be a lot solider down the middle now. The other thing I think, though, in like a couple years, you're not going to have to worry about Sean Couturier being a, you know, a second-line center, again, quote-unquote, because you're going to have Nolan Patrick adapting to the NHL. So, obviously, it's going to be, let's, let's say, like two years from now, you're going to have Drew, Patrick, Couturier, probably Mikhail Vorobyov, um, just because Filipe is not going to be here, Latera is not going to be here. Mm-hmm. I don't know what they're going to do with Lawton if they're going to keep him at center. Yeah. As your four centers. And then you won't have to really worry about Couturier, you know, having to score 50 points, he can probably put up, you know, 35, 40 as the third line spot, anchor that down, you're set. See, that's what I'm saying. That's what he's done his career is be that 
top end third line guy that you know when Malkin's on the ice, when Crosby's on the ice, guys like that, Kuznetsov, whoever, when the top center or one of the top two centers from the other team is on the ice, he's out there. And that's what he is best at. He, that's his role. He's the shutdown center. And that's, that's, I, I, the, the Flyers keep telling us that there's more to his game, and there's fans that keep saying there's more to his game, and I just don't see it. Look, I get it. He's going to be the guy this year. He's going to be the holdover for at least a season. But this is a team, the Flyers, that finished 21st in, in goals last year. And so I can't, I have to expect more from him this season if you're telling me that he's a top six forward on this team because the Flyers, if they're going to make the playoffs, have to be better than 21st in goals. It's just has they have to be. They have to be closer to the top half of that of the league in that. And he's going to have to pick up the slack. Yeah, oh yeah, I agree with you 100. You you have to you have, they have to get more scoring. There's no question about that. They have to get it. So you're hoping. I mean, you can't really have lofty expectations for Oscar Lindblom, Nolan Patrick, and. Whoever else, right? Because and I don't. It's their first year in the NHL, especially Lindblom, because I mean he has to transition over from the larger ice surface to the smaller NHL surface. I mean, I don't think it's going to be. I don't know. I think Lindblom's going to get stuck with Couturier for at least a, a good portion of the season as he adjusts. Because then, well, I don't know. Couturier gets tough minutes. Well, anyway, you like they're going to need scoring from the guys that are already there. So you're also talking about Drew getting healthy again. You have Voracek. Voracek and Drew feed off each other. So if Drew's better, Voracek's going to be better. Then you're going to have Simmons being better because then Drew's doing better on the power play. And then it's going to be like a domino effect kind of thing. Because everything revolves around Claude Drew right now. Which if is... he's good, the team's going to be great. If he's okay, the team's going to be okay. If he's really hurt again, it's not going to be pretty again. See, I don't know if that's... Uh an indictment of the team or an endorsement of Giroux to say that one guy, you know, the, the oh, entire, endo- the, the play of the rest Drew. of the, what's that? I, I love Claude Drew. I love Claude Drew. It's an endorsement Drew. <laughs> no, I know. I'm, I'm saying I, I like Drew too, but I'm saying as far as like the overall team, um, for, for the entire team's performance to hinge on one guy, is not necessarily the best thing or the the thing you want to hear, the thing you want to be putting out there because, yeah, I mean, Claude Giroux is obviously the captain. He's obviously the top guy on this team, but for the rest of the team, if if he's having a down year, if he's having a a down week, a down month, you can't just, you know, that's when the other guys have to step up and and fill in for him. And I, I believe that... Claude Giroux was on the downside of his career. You know, he's not, to me, he's not getting close to 30 goals ever again. You know, he may peak at 20 to 22. But, so the rest of the team can't just still look at him like he's this, you know, 25, 26-year-old guy that's the lifeblood of this team. Somebody has to step up. Jake Voracek can't just, you know, he can't just lean on Claude Giroux as his, you know, like his personal assist man, and that's where he's going to get his goals from. He has to start producing goals with other players and on his own. He has to, you know, create goals for himself and learn how to work with other players on this team. You can't have this whole team just folk like just hinging on the the play of one guy. 
because that's not gonna that's not gonna help anybody develop, and that's not gonna make this team progress to where they need to progress to. Yeah, and I think you saw a lot of times last year, like when they needed someone else to step up, no one could step up. Exactly, that was the problem because when Jeroen Voracek were both kind of like off for a little bit, they had nothing. They there was like it was a mess to watch. It was horrible. But when they were on, like you look at that 10 game win streak, everything was clicking. Everything. You had goaltending clicking, defense was fine, the forwards all working together fine. Drew was awesome. You just take a look at the Edmonton game again. You know, they were all doing great. And then all of a sudden, you saw lingering effects from his surgery. You saw the same thing, Ghost, too. They both were. Well, Ghost says it's not a surgery. I mean, if, if you look at Drew and Drew said it was a problem, you can probably inference that it at least had some effect on him. Yeah. Too. I mean, no, like, no matter what he says, I mean, I, I love Ghost, but, like, there was obviously some effect from that surgery still there. Yeah, that's just... I, I, that's from looking at it, he just, you just got to take that into account. Because they had the same one, didn't they? Yeah, they had the same procedure. By the, same, the same guy. Doctor. Yeah. Yeah, so... At the that's same just... timetable... Exactly. It just it, it wouldn't it wouldn't add up if Giroux was still saying yeah this thing was actually really bothering me all year and the ghost like nah I was fine. That's just a young man's pride is how I look at that. I mean maybe he he probably didn't feel as bad as Giroux because oh, he yeah, is yeah. like what a good eight years younger than him at least. Well, and Drew, he has Drew's like tw- Drew's twenty nine. I think I think Ghost is twenty four now. Oh shit. Wow. Yeah, they're not that far apart. I don't, th- I don't think so. Maybe I'm making... I know Giroux's 29. I think Ghost just turned 24. Well, Ghost still hasn't gone through the vigors of a uh, NHL oh, yeah, career I mean, yet. He's yeah, only... Drew's been in the NHL for quite a while now. I mean... Yeah. But, regardless. Um, <clears throat> every, everybody needs to step up. We're right about that. And I don't... It, 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 I guess if it starts with Giroux, fine. But... My point is, it has to trickle down. Somebody else has to do more than... Like, if Claude Giroux is going to have another down season, if that's what because that's what everybody wants to call it. Oh, he had a down year. But if it gets to the point where he's playing like he did last year, then we're all going to have to accept that that's just what he is now. And someone's got to step up. And maybe it needs to be Couturier if he's kind of that next... If they're looking at him as the next best center on the team at that point, then he's going to need to, I'm not saying put the whole team on his back, but he's going to need to fill in some of those points and some of those, you know, some of those goals, some of those assists that Drew's not getting. You know, he needs to be that top end center and make the players around him better like Drew used to because he's a young guy. I mean, he, like, yeah, he's had some injuries, but. He should be out there most nights, and he should, you know, have the offensive mindset to make the guys around him better. And, you know, it's not entirely the assist number that you that you look at when you say that he's not that he's making players around him better, but it has a little bit to go into it. And thirty four assists, or I'm sorry, twenty assists. That's that's not getting it done. That's not really. That's not really helping your team produce more points uh, by being a playmaker. Yeah, he like I I just think overall the past couple like because you look at like the start of this year he came out of the gate strong. 
he came out really strong, and then all of a sudden, bam, injury. Right. He was just he came back. You could tell he was a little bit off. He was still playing good defensively. He was still getting thrown out there a lot. Then he's healthy. You look at him. He's out there tearing it up again. I I just really think that's the key for everything for every for everything this year. Because if Jeru's healthy, it's gonna be awesome. Katuri is healthy. He's gonna be great. And then then you don't have to really have to worry about it so much if one of them is on the downswing because the other one's doing good while they're still on the downswing. So if let's say Drew's down for a little, let's say Drew starts out of the gate slow this year, but Katuri is on fire. Mm-hmm. While Katuri is on fire, Drew can get back on track and vice versa. So I I think just if one at least one of them is healthy, fully healthy to start the year, I think they'll be good enough to make the playoffs. But if both of them are healthy, they're going to be great next year. Well, Let not, me like, ask you this. Yeah. Since we're on this Drew thing a little bit here, how how far do you think the C on his jersey is going to carry him? Like how how much leeway do you think that's going to give him? Whereas if he comes out this season and the first two months of the season he's just you know he he's really struggling, he's not really producing much. You know he's you know he's he's making more mistakes than he is making good plays. How long before you see like a demotion or something to either light a fire under this guy or just the team kind of accepting like, all right, this guy's not what we thought he was and we need to pull the reins back on him a little bit? Oh, well, that's tough. Because uh, that's I why, mean, I mean, a lot of people, a lot, you know, majority of fans love Claude Giroux. Obviously, you know, he's done a lot of great things. He had a lot of great moments in the playoffs. You know, he'll forever live in infamy for putting uh, Crosby on his ass in in that series. And what I believe to be the greatest playoff series in any sport I've ever seen. It was phenomenal. But I think and this is the Flyers to me. This is the Flyers being the Flyers where they get caught in the nostalgia of a player of an era of whatever. And they just ride that out as far as they possibly can until it's just kind of like what are you doing you know this is not the guy you think it is and a change needs to be made so I think I think this year is going to say a lot about Giroux in that sense but that's what I want to like that's why I'm curious if he comes out slow and you know at what point do the Flyers just say okay this is just him and I got who he is, I get what he's done, I get he's the captain, but we need to pull the reins back on him a little bit and start seeing what else works. I think that would be like, let's say it's like halfway into the season and he's still struggling, then I think you would like pull the reins back. Just That's when you would start. Because let's say he struggles for like the first month. I mean, I wouldn't really... I, I don't know. I, don't know. I, I just think that it. he's been like... Over 50 points for so long. Mm-hmm. I just, I don't think you just yank him back. Because let's say he has another year like this year. I mean, he still had 50, 55, 56 points, I think. Right. This year. It's still not bad. It's it's not bad, but it's just not like what you were used to seeing from. That's that's what I think the issue was a lot of people. Because they were used to him, like, comes out, you know, he's putting up 80 plus points. He's scoring goals left and right, and then he starts to slow down a little bit. Everyone's like, oh, wow, he's actually bad now. We should probably trade him. Like, it just doesn't it, – it, it's just part of his career kind of, like, slowing down. Yeah, but – I think. I mean, 
I think he's definitely my, have a better year next year. But I, I think I, he's gonna be over sixty points. Sixty? I'm th- I'm thinking over sixty. That's really? what I'm feeling. Hmm. I mean, that'd be nice, but based on what do you do you think that? Well, I just think because you know now he's looking at the effects of the surgery. That's pretty big for me with him, and he's gonna he's hopefully gonna have consistent line mates. Hopefully, because you know he can't just be you know throwing Matt Reed up on first line left wing for two games, taking him off, you know, then throwing Dale Weiss up there, taking him off, throw connecting up there for three games, pull him back down, switch Borshak and Simmons back and forth. Then you know, I just think he needs a consistent line, and just like. Just let him do his thing. But we know Hackstall is, he's that guy. You know, he's not really the model of consistency when it comes to the lineup and it come, when it comes to, you know, game in and game out and how he uses guys. Do you, like, is, is Hackstall going to hold back Drew a little bit, you think? Or, is like, I see, Hackstall's the big, he, he's the big wild card in all of this when it comes to guys like Drew, because you're right, he needs that consistent group that, you know, he needs to be with two, at least one guy on his line pretty consistently so we can get that, you know, that feel and that groove, but, I mean, I just don't want to, I, I don't want this thing to get dragged out another two, three years where we're still pushing Claude Giroux as the best guy on this team. I think... You know, if if it's halfway through the season and he's not on pace for, you know, your 60-plus points, I think the team needs to really look at, all right, maybe he's just, maybe he's our, our number two center for the next couple of years. Maybe he's the, like, maybe he could be a really, two, a really good number two guy. He's not going to be getting paid like one. So if you don't want to pay him to be a number two center, then you got to move him. But I think this year is going to say a lot about him, and it's going to say a lot about what the Flyers want to do with him moving forward. I mean, the other thing with trading Claude Drew, I, I obviously I'm on the opposite spectrum. I think that he should be here. Just end of story. But you technically can't because he has the no movement clause. And someone asked yeah. him in the locker room this year, and he said, he said, are you going to waive your no movement clause so you can get trade? He said, I'm not waiving the clause. End of story. See, I... The no movement clause is the worst thing in sports. I hate it. Oh, oh, oh my God, it's horrible. I mean, I, I don't like, understand. You... It's so popular, and you know, it, it always reminds me of Ruben Amaro with the Phillies, who handed them out like candy. But it 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 it, it handcuffs teams like so much, and it just like when you got guys like Claude Giroux or whoever, a guy like maybe not this year, maybe not next year, but three, four years from now when he's really not worth the money and worth the contract and they're just going to have to keep him because who's going to want him? And that's why <coughs> the way I look at it and I like, I'm going to, I want to say it again. I like Claude Giroux, but to me, nobody on this team is untouchable with coming off the season they had. If there's a move that, and Ron Hexall's so about patience and he's so about, you know, making things for the future. If he has a move in place, if even if even he has to eat seventy five percent of the contract, that's fine. Because in a couple of years, nobody's going to want to go anywhere near Claude Giroux at all. So you're going to get P 
peanuts for him, and you're still going to have to pay the bulk of his contract. Whereas if you move him, maybe not this year, but next year, you're, you could still get a pretty decent haul for him and maybe a guy or two that could you know, be nice role players. And you're going to free up a little bit of money. They're going to have a little bit of money to go out and pay for a top guy that could still do it in the league. Well, I mean, here's my whole thing on that take. I mean, I agree that someone is going to have to be moved in a couple years. I I agree with that. What I think with Drew, though, I think he's going to, like, in a couple years, he's going to, you know, be a steady second-line center. He's not obviously going to be a first-line center in a couple years. Hopefully, Nolan Patrick can jump up. Or Sean Couturier, maybe. We don't know. Probably not Sean Couturier, but more Nolan Patrick. Anyway, I'm going to preface this by saying I love Jake Voracek. But I think if anyone gets moved in Wayne Simmons, uh, it's going to be Voracek or Simmons. And here's why. Because Drew's getting paid the highest out of all of them. Voracek's slightly under Claude Drew in the contract list. Mm-hmm. But Wayne Simmons is on a bargain deal of a contract. So let's say a team calls you and Wayne Simmons is going to need a pay raise in a couple of years because he's obviously not going to take you know a $4 million deal. It's just not going to happen. He's going to want more money. Even though he said he loves the silly Philadelphia and wants to be a flyer forever, I don't think you're going to get him to take another $4 million deal. If he does, awesome, keep him forever. But let's say he yeah. goes around sex and says, I want $7 million for six years. He's going to be 30-something by the end of the deal. So let's say he's obviously the most tradable player on the team right now because he's on that deal of a contract. He wants to retain any salary. He's a 30-goal scorer. He's going to get net you a huge return. But you're not going to free out that much money. So... I'm thinking the, all signs are pointing to Voracek if they're going to trade someone else next. That's that's just my gut feeling with that. It's going to be know Voracek or Simmons. For, him. for what, Voracek? Yeah. Voracek, I still think you're, like, you're going to have to retain salary if you trade him, obviously. You're oh, still yeah. going to get a pretty big return because he's still, you know, a 60-point winger. Those just don't grow on trees. You're so pretty you're gonna much going to have to... Uh... good return. You're pretty much going to have to eat salary on whoever you move, except for Simmons. Any team that's getting Simmons is going to be so happy to get him that they're going to, you know, they're not going to care how much he's making, and he's making so little that it's really not going to matter too much. But guys like Borachek, yeah, you're going to have to eat that because he's really not living up to that contract. Guys like Drew, you're going to have to eat that because he's not living up to that contract and he's getting old. So yeah, you're going to have to eat some money. But to me, like it. it I still think that Claude Giroux, other than, obviously other than Wayne Simmons, but I'm not moving him. You don't move a guy that's coming off a of back-to-back 30-goal season. 30-goal season, just, yeah. Yeah, you just don't. Also, if you trade Wayne Simmons, the city's coming down. Yeah, the city will definitely burn if if the thought of trading Wayne Simmons even comes up. I think um, that's when the pitchforks and the uh, the torches get lit and uh, the march starts towards the Wells Fargo Center. But uh, if it happens, yeah, stuff's definitely coming down. I, and also, I mean, it's just I it would just not even like click with any of the fan base like that. That would even happen. 
most part. Not because people are like, because you're not really viewing at a guy's next contract if you're just a casual fan. You're sitting there, you're watching them, you're watching the team. You're not really thinking about contract terms. Right. So if you, let's say your favorite player is Wayne Simmons, and you're like, oh, wow, this dude's amazing. He's scoring 30 goals a year. All of a sudden you see Wayne Simmons traded to whatever for whatever. You're going to be like, oh, what the hell? And you're just going to like, it's just going to destroy everything. So you think at this point right now, Jake Voracek has more trade value than a guy like Claude Giroux? I mean, I would I would say they have probably about the same trade value. I just think it, that no movement clause in Giroux's contract is gonna just immediately just gonna prevent ever, anything from happening. So like, let's say Claude Giroux is like, I only want to go to like this team, and you go to that team like we'll give you a second round pick for him. You know, things aren't mm-hmm. obviously gonna work out. Like, let me th- let me toss this your way. Um, if let's say Colorado calls. And they're offering you Matt Duchesne, and you gotta you gotta send back uh, you gotta send back Giroux, eat half of his contract, and they want a prospect. Would you do that? No, no. Hmm. Matt Duchesne's good. I love Matt Duchesne. I actually have Matt Duchesne shirtsy, but I they're, he's they're nowhere near the same skill level. I mean, Duchesne's great. He's great, but Giroux is a is a bona fide number one center for right now. Right, in, but... In the NHL, he's been a number one center. And I wouldn't send a prospect away. I need something else back from them. If I wouldn't do a straight-up Drew and I a prospect for Duchesne. Okay, That's a, well, we're then way we'll, overpaying. We'll, we'll throw in the pick, second or third round pick. I don't know. I'm not a general manager. My point is... um, Yeah, I mean, obviously, you know, you, you say that Claude Drew is still a top-line center, and he probably is, but... I, I, to me, if you're keeping up with what the Flyers have been preaching, what Ron Hexall has been preaching, um, and you're looking towards the future, and Matt Duchesne's on the board, like, yeah, their skill level's not there, but he's going to be with you longer than Claude Giroux's going to be. Now, that's not what Claude Giroux's contract says, because he's on their contract for, like, the next 30 years, but he's going to be better longer for the Flyers, and he's going to be better when... He's gonna be he's gonna be at a better at, at a higher level play wise, and in like three years from now, two three years from now, when all these young guys coming up are hitting their stride and entering their prime, Matt Duchesne's gonna be more equipped to be a top end guy on this team than Claude Giroux's gonna be. Like in three years, Claude Giroux he may be a low end number two, high end three, low end two. Yeah, that's I mean, Duchesne. Would be like I mean as soon as they said brought up Duchesne I was immediately interested because they said they want a defense prospect, but now that you're throwing in like a guy Nolan Patrick, Nolan Patrick is hopefully going to be your first line center in three years, right? Or not three, maybe longer than three years. Who knows? But he's hopefully going to be a number one center. He has all the tools for it. I mean he's he was dominant in junior hockey when he was healthy, and just a little tidbit. He said he was like seventy five. Wait, what was it? I think you said he was like 75% healthy last year mm-hmm. when he was playing in his games. He still put up well over a point-per-game pace. Yeah, and that's him ridiculous. when he's like three-quarters healthy. A fully healthy Nolan Patrick, like, that's that's going to be good. He's not. Uh, he, he's ridiculous if he's 
if he was 75% and still put up those numbers, like, yeah, it's juniors, but still, he's playing with his skill level, and he's his skill level's going to get there in the NHL. It's just going to take a little bit of time. I'm looking at Matt Duchesne here, now that I brought him up, because his name has been tossed around a lot the last couple of years. Oh, yeah. He's a... Uh, I mean, he's obviously younger than Drew. He had a bit of a... Uh, again, tell me if you heard this before. He had a bit of a down year last year. Only had 18 goals, 30 the year the Colorado before. Colorado Avalanche? Bad? Shocked. <laughs> Remember, every time I see the Avalanche are bad, I always like... my uh, One of my earliest memories as a hockey fan is uh, when Ray Bork won the Stanley Cup with the Avalanche. And... yeah. That's, like, really one of the first, like, Stanley Cup games I remember. I remember, I don't know, like, I don't know if I really knew what was going on, but I stayed up till, like, it was, like, 12 midnight or something. The game ended really late, and I watched the whole, I think that was, like, the first, like, Stanley Cup, like, ceremony win that I ever saw. So every time I see that the Avalanche are as bad as they are, I just, like, think back to, like, you know, when I was, like, younger, they were... They were like the team in the NHL, and they really, really, really fell off. And they're trying to—I guess they're trying fallen. to get back their old thing because they kind of brought back their uh, their old jerseys now with Adidas. But that's that's irrelevant here. The, the Avalanche are irrelevant. Matthew Shane, maybe not be. I'm big on Matthew Shane. I think they could work I'm that not, out. I'm, I'm, I'm here to promote the. I'm here to promote the Giroux to Colorado for Duchesne movement. That's what I want to see happen. I don't. I don't know because I, I don't know. I'm not, I don't know if I'm really a fan. Like I, I would need more from Colorado. Like I need a lot more from them. Like I, I maybe really need, need a first lot round pick more? with Duchesne. At like at the most, I would ask for Duchesne a first. Is then you're all, in a you first for Claude Giroux and a second. What? Oh, with the no, Flyers no, 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 giving no. the second? With a second or a third. But here's my thought process with this. Because you're you're asking us to retain a set like a set amount of salary, probably over fifty percent. Okay. For Claude Giroux. So you're still still talking about let's say you do that now. You still have at least I think what is it, three, four, five years on this contract? Some somewhere around there. Three to five years on that contract. You're saying another let's say you retain fifty percent. You have to retain an over four million cap hit. For a player that's not your team, for three to five years, and you're taking in another player in Duchesne who's going to need another contract soon, going to ask for more than four million. So you're going to you're going to need more compensation than just Matthew Shane. Or well, I threw in the pick the, the amount of salary. I just don't think. I mean, yeah, I guess maybe I'm under maybe I'm undervaluing Claude Giroux. I probably am. Because, I mean, no matter what, Drew's been a solid power play performer. Right. Because for a team that needs power play help, they, they would be willing to give a lot for Drew, too. Mm-hmm. And you're not, it's not like you're just throwing out names for a guy. Like, you're not throwing out, like, oh, this guy might be good. You're saying, this is Claude Drew, a guy who's been a good center, a great center in the NHL for most of his career. You know? Yeah, you're giving them right. a set known. Because then, if, like, you have McKinnon there, get Drew, I- and. To me, I'm just thinking down the line. I'm thinking down the line for the Flyers because I don't think Claude Giroux is going to be a top player on this team when all these younger guys, all these prospects, the Lindbloms, the Patricks, the 
whoever else they bring up the next couple of years, once they hit their stride, once they're making deep playoff runs, I don't think Claude Giroux is going to be a big part of that. So I'm trying to get as much as I can for him right now while I can because in a, in like two years, his trade value is going to be half to even more than half of what it is right now. So I'm just trying to what? I'm trying to stockpile the future. I don't think his drop-off is going to be that like sharp. I think it's just going to be steadier until he bottoms out at something. I don't know what he probably he'll probably most likely bottom out at least a high end average second line center in let's say three years. That's probably what he'll bottom out as. He might go down a little bit. I just don't think he's going to reach down in the third line center territory. I think he'll he'll stay a top six forward for most of his career or all of his career technically. But uh, I just I I don't know. I just I I. Don't like the straight up. I need. I just need more. I don't know. I don't. I don't like to play general manager because I don't know what the hell. You know. I don't. I don't know what the hell they do or anything like that. My whole thing is I'm just trying to. I'm trying to give this team as much talent in the next couple of years as I could possibly get, as much young talent. And maybe Claude Giroux will just be like the old wise man. He'll be like the the Joe Thornton, which is fine. Yeah, but I can see that. I just I don't know. I, I to me to me it's the money more than anything. More than his play, more than him the guy. It's the money. And if you're telling me he's going to be a second line guy making, what is he making? Like nine million a year? I think it's eight point seven two five. I think that's the contract. Yeah, that's a lot of money for a second-line center in his 30s. That's my point. But you can't fault the guy because he was given a bad contract. And it's the old Ryan Howard scenario. It was a contract you had to give him at the time, and you're going to be – eventually you're going to pay for it, but you just hope it's not – you know, eventually, like – my point is I'm not saying he's going to drop down to be this fourth-line center and he's going to be awful, but the point is eventually there's going to come a time where he's not going to live up to making almost $9 million a year. And But that's a risk they knew going into it, and you can't fault Claude Giroux for that, but you could try to get out of it. uh, You could try to get ahead of it uh, before, you know, he is being paid more than his value is worth. I mean, just you, you saying that just kind of reminded me of something I was thinking. I think it was around last year. Because like, I kind of said the same thing about McDonough. I said, I mean, he's bad, but you can't really fault him for taking a six mil, six mil a year contract. Right. I mean, that's just bad. That's... It's just common sense because you want to you get paid no matter what. You know? Yeah, you Let's don't say, care. Because what I said, this is really off topic, but if Andrew McDonough is getting paid, let's say – Two and a half million a year, no one would probably even care. No. Because then he's getting paid like a third pair defenseman, which is what he is, borderline seventh. But the fact the fact that it's just sitting there, it's just five mil a year for six years, it's just burned into your head. It's just the same thing with the Giroux thing, too, because you're going back there sitting like, wow, this is getting paid $8.725 million, and he's on his decline of his career. It's just like, it's just the timing of the contract is just kind of weird. I mean, I'm yeah. glad, like, I mean, I kind of messed up wearing this, but, like, I'm gl- I'm really glad that we have him. I just think that the money, 
again, you had to give it to him at the time. You're going to pay for it, and the time's coming soon. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, like I said, I don't, I don't think they're going to – and obviously they probably shouldn't, you know, at least this year, maybe the next two years because – you're going to have these young guys. You're going to have Nolan Patrick, especially, who who you're grooming as your, you know, your next top-line guy, the guy, in a sense. So I guess you want Drew around to do that, but I don't know. If if the right deal comes along, I don't know if you could, uh, you know, if you could turn away from it, especially if it's going to give you a little bit of cap relief. You know, everybody loves Claude Giroux, but, you know, the Flyers well, really most got people. A, yeah, right, but most people. <laughs> Everybody used to love Claude Giroux. Now most people like Claude Giroux. But eventually the Flyers are going to have to think of their future and not so much, you know, building up Claude Giroux as the next statue we're going to erect in front of the uh, Wells Fargo Wells Center. What? Uh, no, I was, I was agreeing with you. Because realistically, if Mark Streit got a tribute video and he came back, then... Claude Giroux deserves like he's gonna get like a wing of the stadium named after him. So <laughs> I, I don't know. That Mark Strike got a tribute video. Exactly. Well, that's what the oh. Flyers are all about. The Flyers like to you know just toss those things around. They got to keep that whatever the hell, whoever the hell the guy is that cuts them together. They got to keep him employed. You know, you can only make you can only make so many videos of the seventies before you know it gets a little stale. Can you can you wait until the Pierre Edward Belmar tribute video comes? Oh my god! Oh my god! No <laughs> I mean, probably, right? It's probably going to happen. They made him. They made him an assistant coming. captain. No one's coming. That's ridiculous. They should be embarrassed. Because, they really should. Because if Mark Strike got a tribute video, Belmar's getting a tribute video. That's All a shame. of his penalty killing grit on display, one last time. There should be like, there's got to be a list made by somebody of like, I don't even know, like most undeserving flyers videos of all time. Yeah, most undeserving tribute videos of all time. Someone's got to have a database somewhere of all the ones they've ever had. Mark Streit at the top of the list. Belmar, if it happens, speaking of Belmar, we no one's done. With Vandevelde. He hasn't even gotten like an AHL deal, I don't think. He's I've not, heard nothing. He's not good. I know he's not good. <laughs> but like well, that, that, that says mean, something. The Flyers, no matter who's in charge, they always have a tendency of keeping these guys around like these certain guys around that you just bang your head against the wall and can't think of why. And like like Van Develde, like, what were they ever looking at that said this guy could play in the NHL? This guy's a Philadelphia Flyer. It it blows my mind. It really does. But that's that's the Flyers, and like I said, no matter who's in charge, you're always going to have those guys. And um, just take just take comfort in the fact that Chris Van Develde's gone, and so is Pierre Edward Belmar. Does Van Develde get a tribute video? I was just about to say, I could imagine if Vanderbilt gets like an AHL deal. She comes up to the PPL Center for the first time. The Phantoms give him a tribute video. I don't even. Did the he, Flyers did he just even email like, to him. Did he spend any time with the Phantoms, really? No, I don't think. I think he might have spent like a little bit of time down there. 
I would say like, like the Flyers just email the Phantoms like a, a tribute video. Chris Vanderbilt yeah. <laughs> play it for everyone. <laughs> That's a game worth going to right there. Oh, I'm by that Chris Vandeveldi memorabilia. My head almost spun around when when they had the the Strite video. God, that's embarrassing. That's what people. That's what other teams are doing. They're laughing at us. They're over here having tribute videos for like ten year Stanley Cup reunions, and the Flyers are like. We're sitting here, Mark Strite. Yeah, it's it's Mark Strite tribute night. He'll be in the he'll be in the Flyers Hall of Fame in five years. Oh my god! Oh, that's embarrassing. Oh, whatever. Chris Vanderbilt, Flyers Hall of Famer, <laughs> for all of his like three seasons. Yeah, put his name right next to Lindros and Leclaire. Retire it. Lindros, Leclaire, the Raptors. Oh yeah, the whole nine. No one's ever gonna wear. What? What, what is he? Seventy six. No one's ever wearing that. That's a camp number. See, that's how. That's. That's what you got to say about those guys. They never got rid of their camp number. They just, I mean, are they probably weren't even supposed to be there. They probably just kind of got stuck there. Like, ah, they probably didn't get a chance to change their number. Probably not. So they're just like, ah, whatever. Whatever. I don't know. I guess that's the perfect time to end the show when you go on a uh, a long conversation about Chris Vandevelde and pierre Edouard Belmar. Who will, now be, who will now go down as the greatest golden knight ever, probably. All right, Danny, um, go ahead and uh, give the spiel on uh, on your social media, your social media All right. plug. All right, so, uh, you know, uh, I'm a writer for Phillies of Fire, as we mentioned earlier, and uh, you can follow me on Twitter.com at Dan, uh, is there an underscore? I think it's Dan underscore Charlton 48. You gotta, yeah. you gotta know your Twitter handle if you're gonna put it out there. I mean, I, I thought it did. Okay, there is an underscore after Dan. I was, I was right. I was right. All right. <laughs> All right. Um, as for me, uh, you could follow me uh, at Mark Flagman on Twitter. Follow the show. Most importantly, uh, at underscore underscore getting bullied. Um, and like I said, we're on. SoundCloud, we're on iTunes. Subscribe, rate, comment. Cannot say that enough. Check us out on phileasflyer.com under the podcast tab. Check us out on the hockeywriters.com under the podcast tab. And uh, should have mentioned this earlier, but check out our new online store uh, through TeePublic. The link is in the uh, the Twitter handle for, for the show. So until next week, let's go Flyers and have a good week, everyone.